Thanks to RX Bar for supporting the PC Perspective podcast. RX Bar is a whole food protein bar with no BS. Get 25% off your first order at rxbar.com slash pcper and use the promo code pcper. That's rxbar.com slash pcper, promo code pcper. Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective podcast. This is episode number 508, being recorded August first 2018 i'm alan malmontano i'm jeremy holstrom i'm josh walrath and i'm ken addison and there's no ryan he's supposedly on his way back from traveling to yet another thing he's just gonna be a traveling man for like the next month or something at least at least um so since he's ping-ponging all around uh we'll just cover it this week uh we didn't do one last week, right? No. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. It was just like, sorry. it would have just been me and not even Alex. Nobody to run the show, as it turns out. Like, yeah. Like, that that side of the show. I mean, I guess I could have sat over there, but it, you know. Eh, I just, mean, people would pay to appear Alan monologue for 90 minutes, I'm sure. Uh, at the old office, I ran in for like an hour after one of the podcasts. and Mailbag part two. It was kind of like an unofficial mailbag, you know, <laughs> just answering the, the chat, but... Anyway, um, so yeah, welcome to the podcast. Uh, podcast at PCPro.com is an email address that I'm not sure if we ever check anymore. No, but, I don't know why that's still on there. But you honest. should email it anyway, and then we'll try to get Ryan to check it. Should send like 100 emails. I'm to not it. even sure it goes anywhere anymore, to be honest. <laughs> I mean. But you should find out. Don't let yeah. that stop you. Yeah, don't you let that stop you. email it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, PCPro.com slash podcast is where you probably found this unless you've just had it added to iTunes for like years and years and I don't know. They just keep showing up. I don't know why. <laughs> We're on episode 508. When you hit 520, they've been weekly, so that's like 10 flipping years worth. Holy crap. Longer than that, but yeah. <sighs> Jesus. Yeah. We started monthly and then it was sort of bi-weekly and... So you're saying it's definitely been more than 10 years. Yeah. All right. Now what? You know, I wasn't listening. I was talking to somebody who was uh, <clears throat> in the company telling me some news. And what's going on for 10 years? The podcast this. that you're on. The thing. Oh, yeah. It was bi-weekly in 2008 when I started because I started yep. in January. But then about six months after I started, it became weekly because Ryan wanted more money to pay me. So it started. Oh in my God! Started in January two thousand eight, huh? Uh, the biweekly. Well, I mean, just podcast, the podcast, audio, like episodes that, that summer. Oh no! That, that summer we went to video. He oh. sent me a webcam. I upgraded my internet. The worst mistake uh, ever. <laughs> that upgrade, God, that damn. internet upgrade worked out so well. So good. Can, can we just go back to audio? Good way. Yes, please. <laughs> go back. Well, because the nice thing was when it was Len, Ryan, and I, we just did it recorded it and then it went up whenever the hell we felt like it just like yeah you got some time to spare tonight yeah sure you got half an hour let's do it done for a month Not, hmm. oh crap it's wednesday am i gonna get home in time oh my god ah <laughs> lifestyle now okay uh yeah so let's get the show on the road uh twitter.com slash pc per twitter.com slash uh, ryan shrout i usually has internet on an airplane so if you Tweet at him right now. You might get him on an airplane. I bet he's probably pretty bored. Uh, yeah, he's probably doing some typing of something. Whatever. Um, 
Where is the spam list thing? Spam list thing. Podcast. Dude, it's we only talk about the spam list all the time. Well, I I, I know. Do you not, you not have this in your brain burned? No, I was looking for the it's tab. It's such a complex URL. I was yeah. trying to find the tab. Uh, the tab. Yes. As in like these 70s diets. No, to show yeah, we don't again. sell tab here. To show the people the site. See, there you go. It's pcper.com slash subscribe. Uh, give us your name, your email address. We'll let you know when we're about to live stream pretty much anything. Uh, most, most of the time it's just a podcast. But uh, I wonder if there's going to be any live streams in the next three months. There might be lots. I think nice. PC hardware is just stopping after like this month. So I mean, everyone's on vacation. No one's going to do anything. So it's probably going to yeah. be pretty quiet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very quiet. There's no hot chips. There's no GamesCon or whatever the hell it's called. Or you no know, nothing. It's crap. Okay. Nvidia ain't in, invading my neck of the woods. Nothing. <laughs> next up, uh, Patreon.com/slash PCPer if you want to help us like keep the lights on and stuff. Uh, what do we got next? Oh yeah, we did some mailbags. Uh, you did some mailbags. We did huh? some mailbags. There was two of them <laughs> since it's been a couple <laughs> weeks. <laughs> That's Ryan's. That's the wrong mailbag. Just, just Ryan's mailbag. I could tell because it's freshly shorn. I did a mailbag where oh, I was demonstrating there. the size of. Never mind. That's the that's the mailbag with the laser treatment. Um, the laser treatment. Okay. Yeah, laser treatment. Lasers. <laughs> Didn't you get laser treatment? I did. It didn't really work. <laughs> well, in the fine print, it says not for use of Italian. Did you bring his shoes with you? Oh my goodness, he's purple. Uh, <laughs> it's not even red this time. It's just going straight to plaid or something. Oh, man. Um, merch. Got a Teespring. Well, actually, what's the actual URL for the merch? JoshTech.com. Oh, oh yeah, JoshTech.com. Ah, two Ks. With two Ks, just like this spelled right there. Look at that beautiful Josh Tech print. <laughs> that's, Only that's, twenty dollars, and you too could hang it it's on behind, your wall. It's behind Josh's head, his purple little head. Yes, Josh's purple little head. <laughs> yes, it that's is cool. behind that it's as well. <laughs> And it is veined. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and he was cut. Let's get into the dang reviews and get this thing over with. Uh, <laughs> before it, to, to, you know, gets any worse. Uh, EVGA Supernova 650-watt G3 power supply. Is it supposed to mean like it's the third version of this? I, I guess. I think that's just a model name. Well, the original ones were G2. What happened according, with G zero? According to Lee, I don't know if there was a zero or a one. Um, anyway, modular power supply from EVGA. Big surprise. Uh, Six hundred fifty watt runs, one hundred and ten bucks. Uh, pricing's pretty reasonable on all those for good power supplies. Um, the lower power models up to six fifty watts carry a seven year warranty, and then a ten year for all the higher ones. Pretty good. It's been a while since I've had a power supply fail. Yeah, no doubt. Um, what do we got for, uh, like, what do you think of these things? I assume it was no. good. They're usually good from EVGA. Uh, outstanding would be the uh, quote. He mm. gave it, Lee gave it Eric's choice. Wow. 
Yeah. For the ripple and noise, it was outstanding. Voltage regulation, as you'd expect. It blew straight through 80 plus gold. Uh, 92% efficiency, I believe, puts it in platinum territory. Which, you know, is decent. And he shares the same complaint I do. Why do you make 24-pin ATX connectors modular? Are you going to run a system without it? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, people like changing cables to like custom length and custom sleeve cables and stuff. This means you can't replace it with RGB cables. This is a good thing. Lame. I mean, I'm okay with the with the CPU power cable like being separate. Wait, but from how the much, ATX? Yeah, I know we always talk about the the modular connectors do increase resistance. Yes, but on a 12 volt, 5 volt, 3.3 volt rail, does it matter that much when you have all of the power load going through different rails? I mean, uh, it, it, does it go with probably not? There still is a voltage drop across <laughs> the extra connector, but like yeah. it has feedback, so it's kind of moot, you know? Yeah, so like, does it really matter in the end? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I. I, for one, will bitch about anything. I mean, just give me a topic and I can find a complaint about it, but this just seems, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think the reason they go fully modular when they do it is just like the whole cable aftermarket thing, you know, sleeved cables and everything, Mm because if they're fixed, then, okay, now now you can't just order that replacement set of cables. You have to sleep them yourself. Yeah, you can. No, you can't. (laughs) Like, if they're... I mean, you can't. Just, just don't lick that capacitor while you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I see. Well, you know, do I'm not going to tell you how to run your life or end <laughs> it. Okay. Uh, what's up next? Corsair Crystal series. Wait a minute. Oh, I know why I've seen this before. We talked about it on Twitch last week. You don't read our website. Uh, well, that too, but I was talking about it also. I don't mm. usually just sit there at my desk and just start talking out loud to myself about sure all of the reviews on the site. You don't. <laughs> Listen, Ken, just because you do. All right. Uh, Sebastian reviewed the uh, Corsair Crystal Series 280X RGB tempered glass micro ATX case. Uh, this was kind of like towards the back of the pack from my reading. Of this, I don't know, but Sebastian's so dreamy. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, that uh, thick I mean, hair, those piercing blue eyes. I mean, it's a sharp-looking case. It's just that between the tempered those glass, photography skills. Yeah, well, there's that. Where's that? Between the tempered oh, glass, cabling and, skills too. Well, yeah, yeah, he's got that. Oh, too. yeah, yeah. There's so much to like about Sebastian. <sighs> you guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's got um, a small. It's kind of small. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How purple is Josh now? Uh, I'm only uh, <clears throat> chartreuse. Uh, okay. Just plum. Um, even though it was at the back of the pack, like the spread is not very wide. <laughs> right, Josh? <laughs> How purple is he now? It, it looks bigger than it down. is. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Looks a lot wider than it is, actually. Um, yeah, man, I don't know what's up with his color on his camera, but there's no way he's actually that purple right now. No, I'm not that purple. There's just no way. Yeah, his camera's coming through a bit red. Okay. 
not even funny. It is it now. It never is. Um, Anyhow, um, the uh, RGB is controlled by that the new Corsair IQ application, which I think controls all your things now, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, Corsair keyboards, mice, all the RGBs in your case, that sort of stuff. Pretty cool. Um, case is 160 bucks though, so that's on the high side. Yeah, that's too much. I think there's a non-RGB version that's a bit cheaper. I don't remember how much. Yeah. You just don't get the RGB fans. I actually have the previous version of this case for my system at home, the Air 240. I actually really like the dual chamber design. It's it's easy to build in, but still being kind of relatively compact. Yeah. Because you don't have to really worry about cable mansion. As you saw, you can just kind of shove everything mm-hmm. in the back quarter, mm-hmm. half of the case, whatever, and have a clean front view. But, of course, it has tempered glass on both sides on this one, I think. So you're still going to see your cable mess. So then you just have to bring Sebastian over so he can wire it all up for you. Yeah, I think he offers that as a service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sebastian, just he's inexpensive. To, just don't ask him to do uh, dual processors or... Uh, and supply your own harnesses. Yeah. <laughs> to supply your own harnesses. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you fix my color? Seriously. It's... it's <laughs> That's that's not that's your you're the one with the white balance, man. Yes. <laughs> yes. There <laughs> you go. Fix it for Cyan looks much better on him. Yeah. He's underwater. <sighs> yep. Now he's cyanotic. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> Next up. No, Ken, I'll just let you run with this one. That's a dangerous thought. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about this for I don't know, it seems like months now on the mm-hmm. podcast mentioning it on and off, but I finally posted my review of this, the 51NB ThinkPad X210. Now, people who might know their ThinkPads but haven't listened to the podcast might say, but Ken, the ThinkPad X210 never existed. And sure I say, didn't. you're right, until now. And yet, there it is. Thanks, China. Uh, so, again, for people who haven't heard about this, it's essentially, there's this like, weird community group in China that's doing custom motherboards or ThinkPads, and they've been doing it for a while. They've gone through a, a couple of different models. If you scroll down, I have the list in there somewhere. Like, a lot of iconic ThinkPad designs. Scroll up a little bit. Um, I'm looking. Let me just pull up the review on my screen. That'd probably make more sense. <laughs> you got me digging around for... Okay. Uh, yeah, like the X60 drive, X61, the T60 and T61. Just some of the iconic kind of post-IBM ThinkPads, but still retain things like the seven row keyboard, which is really nice and sort of the old chassis design and the think light and just, you know, the classic sort of think pad, the nipple. You don't forget the nipple, the nipple, the nipple's still around, but yeah, yeah it's, yeah. you know, they have Not the dedicated, the, the dedicated buttons for the nipple. And there's this, just this third party community making drop in motherboards that add modern processors to these chassis. So, the one that I was most interested in is this X210, which is based on the X200 and the X201, which is the 12.2-ish, 12.2, 12.4, something like that, ThinkPad from about 2009, 2010. That was Ryan's like workhorse for, yeah, Ryan for used, the longest Ryan time. Ryan used these for a long time. He used the several generations of them. And I always, like, I like the form factor, the 12-inch screen. It's built like a tank. You can add a nine-cell battery on the back, so... The idea of having an 8th gen quad core processor in these really kind of stuck in the back of my head when I saw this. So I decided to go through the process. There are two ways you can do it. 
you can either order order the motherboard and processor combo off of some pretty sketchy ass sites like Taobao and try to figure out how to import them into the US or you can deal with there's this company called LCD fans who deals exclusively through a Facebook page and email uh, <laughs> and they will essentially acquire a new old stock chassis, install one of these motherboards in it, do all the modding for you. There's like a little bit of drumming you need to do to the case to get the standoffs and stuff to fit and ship it to you as a bare bones configuration without storage, without RAM, but everything else ready to go. Wi-Fi, processor, heatsink, all that stuff. So I wired about a thousand bucks to China. To, Actually, a, to a guy on Facebook. Just, just to a random person. Mm-hmm. And eventually, about a month later, I got this laptop and I started to take a look at it. Uh, it's, it's a weird, weird thing. Getting this laptop that seemed essentially brand new from China, but I knew it was old. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I installed a 512 gigabyte 960 Evo in it. It has an M.2 slot. It also has a SATA connection, uh, 32 gigs of RAM. Kind of decked it out to see what we could get out of it. Ran some performance benchmarks and severely disappointed, we'll say. Mm-hmm. So out of the box. SSD was doing something weird there. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. We know it doesn't normally do that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't necessarily look into Power that. Power management, yeah. potentially. So out of the box, it's towards the slowest of the any of the 8th gen U-series quad-core CPUs we've ever tested. Yeah, but it's in a form factor that you, know, well, you can't get that in that. Well, this this form factor originally shipped with 25-watt CPUs. This was before Intel introduced the 15-watt CPUs. Uh, so in theory, the ther- thermal management solution should be able to handle this. Right. So Alan and I started doing a bit of digging. Uh, we ended up tearing it apart and applying liquid metal instead of the really just crappily applied oh it was pretty thermal bad. paste do you that, have that picture yeah, yeah that, there you go that's how it shipped to me not great yeah so we took it apart put some liquid metal on it i ended up undervolting it a bit still never really got the performance to where it needed to be uh so then i kind of cranked up the turbo frequency and i got it to be competitive with a lot of the modern eighth gen laptops however it was i mean it was immediately hitting 100c sort of the thermal throttle point for these uh notebooks yeah but using intel's xtu utility you can kind of tune whether you want it to be more aggressive with the clock speeds or quieter Mm -hmm. once we had it liquid metaled and in the stock configuration it was actually a pretty quiet machine the fans didn't didn't necessarily spin up until you were at 100 percent for a while uh but yeah the other disappointing thing was battery life. Oof. So I installed a 9-cell battery in it, a new third-party 9-cell, because the Lenovo original parts are very difficult to find at this point. Right. And it got just above five hours on our battery test, which is just it's a web-browsing battery test at 180 nits screen brightness. On the 9-cell battery? On an on a 85-watt-hour battery. Not great. So what's what's that Dell Inspiron 137373? How many watt hours is that? I don't know. Much less. It was some <laughs> it was like a three cell, I think. I don't remember the exact amount, but yeah, it's it's really I wonder if that it's battery not a capacity issue. It's really a uh You think it's just blowing through the is it just running hot all the time, basically? I just think that the BIOS isn't properly tuned and mostly seems to be kind of a 
test reference BIOS. Yeah. That you have access, you have uh, access to all of the options, and actually, someone ported one of the open firmwares to it recently this week, like Open Boot or whatever it's called. I forget yep. exactly what the name is, because it doesn't have any of the protections. You can flash whatever firmware you want to it. It's a like a, essentially a development platform that somebody's shipping. They're engineering sample CPUs, which isn't legal. Hmm. It's just it's a very strange thing. As much as I wanted to like it, I don't think it's for me. I really need something with more battery life. So, wait did you did you just say they're shipping engineering samples? Oh yeah, they're yeah. shipping engineering oh, samples. Yeah. Nothing about this is sanctioned. Okay. <laughs> and anyway, just making sure. Probably probably not Core illegal. Core probably, is the name. Nothing suspicious to see here. Move along. Probably Move not along. illegal in but China. But that's kind but, of a you know. pretty laptop, it though. Is. I mean, if you can handle the 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 poor battery performance and a little bit. You know, warm on the legs. That's that's such a classic design. It is, and it's I it's and that the key the the keyboard feel is. Oh, it's amazing! Awesome. I, I didn't want to give it mm-hmm. up. Uh, there actually, and, is, and the heat is a feature. That's so you can make ramen <laughs> while you're working. Well, he lives in Ohio. He can go to Wisconsin <laughs> and really utilize it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, one thing we didn't mention is, so it has a 16 by 10 display, which is obviously something you don't see anymore. And this actually has an upgraded display option. It's a 1900 by 1200 display, mm-hmm. which is an option that never shipped in this, like in this notebook. It was kind of a third party display that people have retrofitted into it, but it looks damn good. Yeah. 16 by 10 is still an awesome screen aspect ratio as it turns out, even though we've gotten it, it away is. from it. It is. I use those every day yeah, and I never too. want to get past it, but unfortunately yeah. I will eventually. Yeah. So there's a lot more detail in the review. This is going to be my plug. Um, as I mentioned in the review. How much are you selling it for? <laughs> I will sell it for what I have in it. You don't have to wire money to China. Just send me an email, and we can work something out if you're interested in this notebook. I know people don't want to wait four weeks to maybe get something from China, and I this isn't exactly the right laptop for me. So if mm-hmm. anyone's interested in it, seriously, send me an email, and we'll work something out. But beyond that, did you guys go through some here. interesting BIOS updates and 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 advancements through that that you could do a little bit more tweakability? I, honestly. Every friggin' option in the BIOS is there. You could do a ton of tuning if you actually know what you're doing and you weren't me. Like every like it's it's a essentially a development platform. Yeah, like everything. every every single option is unlocked. It's incredible to look at the BIOS. And actually they've been really fairly receptive about BIOS updates. So I when I received this machine, it didn't have or, or sleep didn't really work when it when it tried to wake up from sleep, the display wouldn't turn on because it's a EDP display that they've kind of hacked in. It sports LVDS and EVD EDP displays and just kind of wasn't working right. But uh, like a week after I got it, they released a new BIOS and sleep works now. <laughs> Amazing! I never would have thought that to be a thing. But like better third party support than than, uh, than a lot like of manufacturers. Laptops. Yeah, <laughs> since it's a, a very yeah. dedicated community behind this. Who like they're not making a whole lot of money off this. They do it because they want it and because other people are interested in it. Yeah. It's just it's a really cool thing. Sweet. So there you go. It's something that I don't think you'll see anywhere else because no one is stupid enough to import one on the web. <laughs> but Ken, Ken, yeah. Ken. Yeah. I love you for doing this. Oh, thanks, Josh. I had to know. <laughs> I would just I saw this about six months ago first, and I was like, it just kept thinking about it. I'm like, I gotta know what this is like. This could gotta, be the perfect you, you laptop. Have the itch. 
Yeah. I appreciate so. you scratched it. Now for sale yeah. at eBay at uh, <laughs> <laughs> joshtech.com. <laughs> yeah, right, you, know, you on there. should get some silver markers, autograph that, sell it off. If I was keeping it, I was going to laser engrave it, but I'm not keeping it. So. Mm. All right. Next up, uh, Sebastian reviewed the uh, HyperX Pulse Fire Surge RGB gaming mouse. HyperX is the is it? Is, don't even call it Kingston anymore. Like what? Oh, it's like a Aorus. I mean, oh. yeah, it's Gigabyte, but okay. yeah, it's, it's their gaming peripheral brand. I think. Okay. Uh, so you know, sharp looking, uh, sharp looking gaming mouse. Uh. Probably not a lot to say here. Yes, it has RGBs. How could um, you have a mouse without RGBs? Uh, They're using course, Omron switches, which is nice. Of course, the photography is is amazing. The PMW thirty three eighty nine, like every other mouse out yeah. there. So I guess this software controls the mice and the headsets, maybe from Corsair or Greg from Kingston. I don't know exactly how their uh, I don't know their system works, but yeah, I imagine. Well, I wouldn't be surprised because they've also got the RAM with RGBs. Yeah, yeah. Sebastian gave it a gold award, seventy bucks. Not bad. I would, um, I would like to note that the ads have moved past what they were two weeks ago. No more lemons. Organic proteins. Has uh, Josh been on our Amazon protein. recently? <laughs> Probably. All right. Uh, let's see. Moving on. Hey, the ad disappeared. Interesting. Speaking uh, of. Oh, yeah. What's, uh, next up is an ad that will be inserted by Ryan once Ryan has returned. He's not back yet. Uh, it's a hell of an intro. Wow, Alan. You, the, you know, the... the <laughs> <clears throat> The enthusiasm just oozes from you. I'm sure. I'm sure that um, he must Alex be low on energy and needs anyway. some sort of RX bar or something. Yeah. Have you ever thought about testosterone cream? Um, no, I'd rather do the RX bar probably. Hey everybody, Ryan Shroud here, stepping in to thank today's podcast sponsor. This would be our new friends at RX Bar. RX Bar is a a whole food protein bar made with 100% whole ingredients and no BS, as they call it. That means 100% whole ingredients, uh, very few simple, clean ingredients. For example, they talk about uh, using egg whites as a main source of protein. It's also easily digestible. Uh, they'll, they'll ship them to you. We got uh, this 12-pack here to sample it. Um, here I've got one of these peanut butter chocolate ones. It's very, uh, very upfront about what they're giving you uh, for the main ingredients in these uh, bars. Three egg whites, 14 peanuts, two dates, no BS. Uh, RX bars are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, no added sugar, no artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, fillers. They are great tasting with a variety of flavors, 11 different flavors. Uh, and I have sampled mm, six of them so far. They've all been really good. Uh, I know protein bars typically have a pretty bad rap for understandable reasons. Uh, these are very good. Um, and I, I find myself coming in. If I didn't get breakfast at the house, I'll have one here. If I'm leaving for a flight, uh, I'll take one with me or I'll put one in my bag because sometimes you just never know. You won't be able to get 
to eat lunch when you're on some of these work trips. Um, whether you like sweet, savory, chocolate, or fruit flavors, there is an RX bar option for you. Real food ingredients actually taste really good. Um, like I said, ideal for breakfast, snacks, thrown in the bag, uh, post or uh, pre-workout food items. Um, you can get their offering to our viewers and listeners at least 25% off of their first order at rxbar.com slash PCPer. Use promo code PCPer. That's rxbar.com slash PCPer, promo code PCPer. And we thank them uh, for supporting our podcast, and we hope you check them out. Thanks, guys. You can say something like, thank you, Ryan, for that invigorating commercial. We now continue with our news, which starts with the GTX 1170 rumors. And that's exactly how it's going to be, because I'm not going to say anything else. And we're just going to go on to the rumor. Oh, I guess I can get rid of my dummy laptop now. Yeah, yeah, get rid of the dummy laptop. Yeah, get rid of that yeah, damn thing. I'm an idiot. I bought okay. a Mac. He bought another, Ken bought another Mac because he doesn't Shocking. have enough abuse in his life. Well, as it turns out, I have lots of access to PCs, but none to Macs. <laughs> so yeah. if I'm going to pay for one... Yeah, so we're trying to wean you off, it's not now. working. Ken, is yeah, it hot? Yeah, I did, uh, for, for the record, I didn't buy this MacBook until they patched the thermal issue, and it works pretty well now. <laughs> yeah. I would not have done it otherwise. I'm, I'm not just, that stupid. I'm just going to cross my fingers for you that that keyboard works next week. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what warranties are for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, rumor. Uh, GTX 1170 benchmark scores supposedly leaked. They seemed like a little too hard like you know they seemed over the top compared to what i would have expected out of an 1170 like i think weren't they like beating a 1080 ti which just seems okay this this is fake but i think this is a good time for us to talk about what we might expect because i think the next i made it to the next news article is about the nvidia event they announced well then let's go to that one while we're talking just to bring up the 11 series is kind of why i put that in there that that did not seem like a real leak at all. It was, uh, yeah, it's it, it, too no. good to be true for that. There's, <laughs> I don't see an 1170 beating a 1080 Ti. And like the it's physics just, score doesn't match the CPU really. Like it's just, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's hey. not going to be running at 2.5 gigahertz core. I think we can pretty safely assume that. Right. Anyway. Um, so you want to talk about the Gamescom thing at all or no? Yeah, I mean, so, there's going to be a thing, right? Yeah, they sent yeah. out an event, a, a, actually a public event invite, so you can sign up. There's an Eventbrite link in the uh, article. They're holding a, they're just saying an event at the day before Gamescom, where they'll be loaded with new exclusive hands-on demos, the hottest upcoming games, stage presentations from the world's biggest game developers, and spectacular surprises. All right. So it sounds like we're going to have Jensen on stage in Germany, which... You could make some assumptions about what they might talking be talking about. I will say that Ryan and I will be there. I'm sure they'll have I can Tom. make assumptions about what he's going to be wearing. I'm sure they'll have Tom backstage. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know anything, so I can say this. This is probably going to be new graphics cards. I, would, I have no I inside information, guess. so I feel free saying that. This yeah. is probably... This has to be it. I couldn't imagine them not at least talking about <laughs> graphics cards. this wasn't it, I don't know what the hell they're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, we, we've seen a couple other rumors, and one of the weirdest ones that I saw, uh, and this was sort of part of the emails going around to people being invited 
And they sort of mentioned, yeah, we're leading with the uh, 1180, and there's there'll be an 1170 coming out in 1160. But at, towards the end of September is going to be the 1180 plus. Yeah, there's that which, weird. <laughs> what happened to TI or TI, depending on how you want to say it? And was that the reason they changed it? Because everyone says plus the same way. I feel like you could still have a plus Q than do the TI. Because the TI usually comes six to eight months later. Like Absolutely. It's not, so they could have a plus that's maybe, I don't know, I would say more memory, but I don't know why you would need That was the same thing I'm thinking, memory. too. Uh, well, because of our wonderful, brilliant commenters that are constantly screaming about how we don't do proper memory measurements. And then every time we do, it doesn't come close to filling out the yeah. amount of gig, amount of RAM on an 1080 right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can totally see it. And then we'll have this huge thing where uh, one megabyte of the RAM will be slightly slower than the rest of it. And yeah, it's just going to go all over the place again. I mean, mm-hmm. Josh, you might have some insight on this. Forward to it. Do you think GDDR6 will be so limited that they might release like an 1180 as maybe like a six or eight gig card and then release a 16 gig card pretty soon? No. I, I wouldn't think so either. No, that it's no. No, I mean, GDDR6 is is just an evolution of GDDR5, and it's not it's not like a huge jump like HBM memory was, which had issues due to just how hard it was to to not the memory itself was not hard to manufacture, but there was not as much demand, so they didn't manufacture as much, and then integrated it all in with the big old GPU. It was problematic. Yeah, it was an extra step. It was extra money that you really couldn't absorb easily for the performance that it gave. And and don't get me wrong, I'm I'm a big HBM HBM2 fan, but in terms of just price, I think the GDDR is still it's going to be the way mm-hmm. to go. And you know, Micron has been doing GDDR6 for the past seven months, eight oh, months wow. now since they announced, and they've been ramping up so i i don't think yeah memory is going to be an issue i mean Good. nvidia is not a dumb company they're not going <laughs> to say well we only have enough gddr6 for ten thousand pieces uh in between the 1170 and 1180s so we're just going to do it right now right now no, no. And, and we'll charge double titan prices <laughs> no, it's not gonna <laughs> no. happen yeah now and here's some uh, prognostication how about on the professional level do you think with the next generation of professional cards coming out, they might consider delving into HBM too? I mean, even a thing they, they kind of already have with the Quadro GV yeah. 100. So yes. I could fully see that. It's, I guess it would depend on what architecture they're going to use for lower end Quadros. If it's going to be Volta, there are some leaks of like GV 104, 106, I think recently, or if it will be the same Turing rumored that, the gaming stuff will be based on. I don't know. It's a lot in the air. Uh, we have SIGGRAPH and then Gamescom. I think we're probably going to get some announcements soon. We probably won't have to guess. Then hot chips. Yeah. Do you think do you think that presentation's actually going to happen? Which one? The one that got pulled from the schedule completely? Do you think they're just Rob. actually going to give it? There's no telling. Because I think it, the NVIDIA event at Gamescom is the same day that the Hot Chips talk was scheduled. Is it? I thought it was I thought it was the 20th. Maybe they'll sneak it in. Yeah. Just to, you know, to I, keep people on their toes. 
Oh, wow. There's a dog howling in the background. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up is actually Josh. What if I don't want to talk about it, Alan? Well, <laughs> you do now. You just you know I've been talk talking a lot so far, and so far I haven't said anything of interest, and this certainly will not be of interest. It won't be. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, really? Do you like cheap motherboards? I mean, who doesn't? I like cannot lie. <laughs> do you like pointing out errors on slide decks? Um, <laughs> we do like errors on slide decks. <laughs> that, is, that is actually yeah, my favorite. AMD because they're yeah. so on this. Uh, it's got oh, dare you say something? 3.0. Oh, it's supposed to be 2.0. Okay. So anyway, I'll jump into this because, well, I wrote it. Uh, you know, AMD released the B450 officially chipset. Oh, and B450 chipset officially Mm-hmm. Yesterday or yeah, yeah, it's on my birthday. <laughs> no, but none of you bastards ever said happy birthday to me. But <clears throat> we didn't waiting. want to fill you with false hopes. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, you know, I made it this far. I can, I can handle, you know, being ignored. But anyway, uh, AMD B450. It is an extension of the B350, but with a couple of changes. Uh, they've improved the design. Whether they did different manufacturing, it's about two watts lower TDP than the B350. Uh, AMD is really pushing this to make near enthusiast class motherboards under 120 bucks. And so you'll see pretty well stocked up stuff from $60 up through 120. Uh, the things you're going to have to look out for if you're attempting to overclock is, you know, how they handle the power phases because there's been some interesting uh, developments with people, you know, like you can buy it, Asus and other guys uh, saying that, hey, we've got this, you know, eight plus three power phase. And then they really take a look at the chips involved. And it's like, no, that's like it's like a four point four four three. You know, it just is got to be careful. But thank God for build. So keeping everyone honest because no one exactly. else looks at the you know, VRM layouts that much. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a very specific niche, and he nails it. He he does, and he did a good job, kind of exposing some of the uh, the marketing yeah. involved. But it's got most of the features of the top end X four seventy. I mean, it's got all the USB three point one Gen two, Gen one, USB two point SATA six, uh, all that kind con- of connectivity. It's uh, got like six lanes of PCIe point you know, Um, it's it's you know, it's a solid chipset. It's everything you need if you want to do single GPU. Now, in these motherboards, it's not allowed to bifurcate the the CPU by 16 into hmm. 2 by 8. Not officially. They may put other chips in there to get around that with some SKUs, but again, it's it's not official. Otherwise, they have to go through the South Bridge and your second GPU will be a PCI 2.0 by four connection. So it's going to be slower, going to have issues if, if, if you really want to run crossfire, I don't think SLI will be applied to any of these, but at least with the X 470 SLI is, is certainly, you know, supported. Um, again, lower power, got all the features, lower price, and so this is what you know AMD is really aiming at is is to give you a product that you've got a pretty solid motherboard 
that's going to be from 60 to 100 bucks for the most part. You can put in any AMD CPU in there, and it's going to run at stock speeds without a problem. You're going to have to, you know, really work on overclocking because, well, the Ryzen 2000 series still doesn't overclock worth being. So you're going to have to really tweak to get anything out of there. But at least but you have the option on, like, B360. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's it's you know, it's a, a solid product. You can do memory overclocking. I mean, the official of the top Ryzen is 2933 memory. Uh, megahertz memory but you can easily just take that to 3200 and get a pretty significant boost all over because not only is your memory faster but the interconnects between the cpu cores the ccx is it's it's all it's all faster so you might as well do it and uh, these things are are very positive and amd still has an advantage in terms of price performance and price per core over Intel. So when you add in, you know, a, a $70 motherboard that does everything you want it to, that's that's significant savings. So the uh, the B450 is is a nice chipset at the right time. It's it's kind of the the old, you know, 970 for AM3. It's got pretty much all the features that you want, especially if you're running a single GPU as the, you know, higher end 990. I like how they compare it to the Z370 here. Uh, scroll up. But then they... No, scroll up. The, the, they're comparing a Radeon or, or Ryzen 5 2400G to an 8600K. That's yeah. Not, that's not really close. Not but, yeah. so much. Like the, the i5 they is going to win down, in both a little CPU bit and gaming performance. Well, the thing that they're really talking about here is that you've got four cores, eight threads, but you also have integrated graphics that mm-hmm. can do for the most part 1080p and your 8600k is going to give you less graphical performance yeah they're using even though you have you know six actual cores yeah alan they're using z370 motherboards because that's the first the cheapest one you can overclock and they're using unlocked parts uh, okay which yeah. is valid absolutely like that's it's a major advantage amd has and something intel should do yeah and the slide right here doesn't look that great for Intel either. Like, here's all these parts that we sell that are unlocked. and Yeah. Intel and their silly Although they mentioned the A320 chipset, which I don't think anyone has ever seen. Not really. It's <laughs> it's like an OEM-only well, thing, and it uses all pretty much the I.O. from the CPU. Yeah. So. That's why in brackets underneath it says in-memory only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's just a selection of the motherboards. That, that looks like that you got some, some micro ATX boards there. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see that. No. I, I, we have a Asus ITX board in, I believe. Is that the one that's on the top left? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know, it's a good looking board. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. got everything you kind of need to do single GPU and have the IO that you want. I mean, it, they all come with one by, uh, you know, NVMe a slot that comes off the CPU. So here, you know, ITX is, it's, it's going to be a cost effective thing. And, and how many people do you think overclock ITX? Mm, not a lot. It's an interesting not question. Not a lot because it's, you're so space constrained that airflow is, is an issue. So, neat. All right. 
Uh, well, and speaking of that, yeah, I mean, Gigabyte spewed out a couple, including a mini ITX, two micro ATXs, and three ATXs. All right. And we're nice enough to sort of give a naming scheme that makes a little bit of sense. Oh, you mean they're, they're not like, you know, whatever, just rattle off a bunch of letters and numbers each time? No. Oh, no? Hmm. No. So there's, there'll be the extremes and masters, and then the ultras, pros, and elites for gaming level, and gigabyte gaming, which is, you know, mainstream sort of stuff. Uh, it helps a little bit. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, tr- just slapping random names on it. But that, and that is the most important part right there that you're looking at is the pricing on these things. That's, that's pretty good pricing. That's pretty like, awesome. Yeah. They got, Even the most, they got so close and then they named one the DS3H. Yeah. Yeah. It's Come on, in. guys. They, they, they can't completely get away from it. Guess just, which one's the tiny one. <laughs> yeah. So do you pronounce that Daesh? And does it make ISIS really angry? I uh, hope so. I don't know. <laughs> that's some <clears throat> that's some reaching there for me. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. It makes perfect sense to me. Okay. Right. Speaking of motherboards, but on the other side of things, um, Z370 apparently is compatible with some newer Intel stuff that initially I think we thought might need a new platform. Right? Uh, I'm... It's like a month ago on the podcast I posted this question. I yeah. was always of the mind that these new, in theory, eight core parts would work with C370 because Intel would see so much shit if they didn't. That's true. Uh, and MSI is kind of confirming it here. There have been a lot of Intel leaks recently in the past 24 hours. There have been four different roadmaps that have leaked <laughs> that I've talked about. Upcoming Intel CPUs, the 9000 series. Uh, as far as we know, there's going to be an i7-9700K, which would be an 8-core not hyper-threaded part, and then the i9-9900K, which would be the 8-core 16-thread part. This handy table from MSI shows what BIOS version will work with these E370 boards, and they're just saying 9000 series processors. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly enough, they don't list like the H or B, like the H360 or B360 motherboards that were released I don't know in March or April mm. I'd imagine they'd be compatible too maybe not with the 8 core parts because of VRM stuff but yeah it might be a VRM issue lower end sort of uh, what are we calling this coffee lake refresh <laughs> yes <laughs> is that, that what is like the name okay yeah yeah they've decided to be honest for once oh right. and as you're mentioning part of those leaks were the new motherboards and chipsets yeah. and only the Z390 was announced, so the chances of a brand new socket and the next time you want to upgrade are less than they were the last couple of generations, which is kind of nice to see. I mean, we're getting our typical Intel two CPU generations per socket thing. How the, where they go from here is a whole other question. If they actually try to be pro consumer and let you use it yet another generation, for I mean, the, what are they the doing now? The Charleston, yeah. Like we've got off the TikTok and the waltz. I mean, I don't know what they're doing at this point, but exactly. Uh, um, do they? No, nobody knows. Next up, uh, a case for PUBG. Look at that thing. NCXT made a case that looks like the what are they called? The things that drop. Loot box. Uh, is An it just airdrop. Airdrop. Something like. I that. had to look it up. 
Yeah, it's, and as I, I mean, the, the the naming scheme, just like Josh pointed out on the last one, is is a little bit unfortunate because I'm sure CRFT is supposed to be craft, but second I read it, it was cruft. <laughs> it's that's just it's not, not good. Mm. How much is this case? They're only going to uh, make two thousand. Well, it's two hundred bucks as long as you bought it already because there were only two thousand of them made. Oh. <laughs> 10% of their sales goes to Gamers Outreach, which is kind of a nice uh, bringing, you know, gaming laptops to underprivileged children as opposed to educational laptops. So we should all be behind this. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but this is the start of a new series coming out uh, from NZXT. So they've announced the, the Craft 1, which is this one. Craft 2 will be towards the end of this month with no real information about it. Hmm. Craft 3 will be a third case sometime this year. But uh, they also reached out to me to mention that it's more than just these cases. It's going to become uh, a new line for NZXT of limited edition, interesting looking products. All right. Um, God only knows what lines they might reach out for and uh, if they'll stick with the charity thing, which I hope they do. But uh, yeah, if you really want this sort of a thing, Keep an eye on them because they're very limited edition and they're based off like this is the H 700. So people have seen this before plenty of times. It's just fancy. So you're saying they're already sold out or yes. I expect so. I mean, I would be shocked if they weren't. I, I okay. kind of like the idea of like limited edition PC stuff. We don't really see that a whole lot. It really depends on like where, like how many they supply as opposed to demand, like if they're sneakers and they sit like if they're how sneakers are and they sell out in half a second after launch, it's pretty stupid. The but button is still there. I can still pre-order it. But oh. yeah, like if you can like if you can get get it within a week, like yeah, absolutely. Like limited edition stuff is cool. Like apparently nobody really wants this one, but no, I'm sure to people I don't know when it actually just, went up. On just pre-order. maybe not two thousand. Yeah, just wait yet. till the Fortnite one goes up. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it comes with a hat. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh so that's done next up uh amd second quarter results sure Plenty that's nice drank your beer josh amd made some money that's nice that's good they, that's need, they needed so to do that nice for amd yeah you know apparently they made 1.76 billion this quarter which is up from 1.65 billion last quarter wow and their net income rose up to 116 million dollars and you'll be you know impressed by amd because that's very un amd like for the past six years or so uh, they really have not had a quarter like this since 2011. They've done very, very well uh, for AMD. I'm not trying to knock down their accomplishments because this time last year, they reported something like $1.1 billion in revenue and a loss. Yeah. So in between uh, you know, releasing Ryzen, getting some initial sales going, and then consistently increasing their quarterly performance quarter after quarter. Uh, they're now at a place where they're profitable and that's, that's something that they haven't seen in a long time. Now, you know, they're starting the ramp up of, of Epic. The big ramp is going to happen kind of in, in the second half of this year because 
you know, server chips are, are a different breed of animal. Uh, you know, guys like Dell, HP, and, you know, Lenovo, I guess, they, they do servers, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they take these parts and they do a lot of work on them and they make sure that everything runs and they make sure that everything is stable and they work with, you know, like their virtual machine partners, uh, to, you know, VMware and the other guys, I can't remember their name. Citrix. Uh, no, they don't do VM. Do yeah, they? I was trying to think anyway. of who else does VM. They may have anyway. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they do a lot of work, make sure software support is there, make sure all the hardware is running like it's supposed to because nobody wants a cranky server. Nobody. And so, you know, it takes a little bit while, it takes a little bit longer to get server parts out there. And so they've been, you know, they've been they've been selling them. Uh, we've seen a slightly larger bump in Q2 with Epic than we had seen in, in previous quarters. And again, you know, they're expecting a larger ramp throughout the, the rest of this next year and going into next year. Um, you know, I don't know if we want to talk about too much of this right now as compared to the Intel stuff, but AMD is already sampling seven nanometer Epic parts, which are codenamed Rome. And we expect to see those in around the first quarter of, of 2019. And this is a very, very positive thing. Uh, Right now, AMD is, is relying on TSMC for 7 nanometer production for both Rome as well as the, uh, the Vega 7 nanometer stuff that they are going to release here in Q3, Q4. Uh, it's going to be one of the first 7 nanometer graphics parts, but it's not for consumer use. It's going to be for machine learning, AI, you know, that kind of data center type stuff. Um, Next year, we're going to see Navi, Navi, Navi. And that's going to be probably be seven nanometer, but we don't know who from Either It's going to be TSMC or Global Foundries, who's a little later on their seven nanometer process. But AMD has done very well. Uh, they had really in the past couple of years shaved down their operation enough that they could exist on low margins, uh, very low revenue and still be able to develop new products and we have now two generations of Ryzen, the first uh, gen Ryzen and then the 2000 series that were released this spring and they're doing well uh, you know the sad kind of thing here is, is that they haven't grown as much as people were hoping uh, they're making a profit they're doing well but they're, they don't seem to be taking the market share and part of that is because this is not the Athlon 64. Athlon 64, when it was released, was head and shoulders above better than what Intel had. Uh, it was what the uh, the original 3200 plus was a 2.2 gigahertz product, and it it would it outperformed a 3.2 gigahertz Northwood Pentium 4 processor. It was just and shoulders better. I mean, it was lower TDP, um, fast memory support, gaming was better. Everything was better with Athlon 64 as compared to Pentium 4. And then, uh, you know, this is now just competitive. I mean, it's it's a huge jump up from Bulldozer, but it's just competitive with what Intel has. Some areas, 
it does better than Intel. I mean, they have a better price performance when terms in terms of of multiprocessor support, but their IPC is is not quite there with what Intel has, and so they they have a competitive product and they're eking out more money per quarter than what they had before. It isn't the slam dunk that Athlon 64 was. And it certainly wasn't the slam dunk that, that Opteron was when they uh, ended up releasing that. So, you know, it's it's a different market. It's a different company. Um, but they are doing well with, you know, $1.76 billion in in revenue for this quarter. And uh, we expect to see flat for the next quarter. So around that same amount. And then hopefully Q4, we'll see a little bit more. But uh, 2019 looks to be a lot more exciting for AMD because of things that we will cover in the next story. Speaking of that next story. It's already out. Alan wasn't paying attention. I was just waiting for Alex to switch to the laptop again, but he just... Yeah, God, I hate to, you. I to switch to me. <laughs> well, well, Alan, if I you're not paying attention on totally got to cut back to you of course i mean so alan what do you think of amd's results i think i think when you look at intel's results kind of makes me feel bad for amd still even though they are doing better but holy crap uh intel 17 billion in revenue 5 billion net yeah so 10 times the revenue okay 10 times the revenue and a significant amount more yeah, that's of, five billion net compared profits. to uh, what was it a hundred and something million? So I, th- I think I figured it out that that AMD, you know, of their revenue, they made six percent profits as compared. Yeah, and Intel well, with their seventeen the billion, they made thirty percent, thirty some odd that's percent. Just, that's just nuts. I mean, that's they're, just they're, crazy. They're, okay, AMD had thirty six or thirty seven percent margins. Intel is. 61.5 percent it's just 61.4 sorry but it's it's ludicrous how much money intel makes so you know here here's amd they're a scrappy company they've got a good product they they they're starting to roll out their epic stuff but oddly enough in between q2 of 2018 no 2017 and q2 of 2018 the regular PC market at, at Intel grew 6%. And they didn't take anything away from AMD. AMD grew itself, but that means that the PC market actually grew significantly over the past year because everybody have, has been talking since nearly time immemorial, okay, at least since like 2012, that the PC market was dying. Well, guess what? The PC market still has no signs of dying. And then 6% growth for this group over a year where everything was, you know, dark and horrible and, and you know, the, these these things are going to fall off and we're going to have more mobile stuff and, and uh, you know, really ultra mo- mobile rather than desktops and, 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 you know, laptops and that. that. That hasn't turned out to be the case. The demand is there. And Intel seemingly took more of the new market that opened up than AMD did. I mean, AMD did well, and they've done well historically. But Intel was just gangbusters. I mean, seventeen billion a quarter in revenues for 
I mean, it's just they just keep growing and growing. It's record revenue, record revenue, and and they've got the margins. And and even though they have, you know, four mega fabs that they have to, you know, uh, support and and pay a lot of money for. I mean, they're still getting sixty one point four percent margins on their products. So that just kind of tells you where the market's at, and where Intel's at. And I mean, AMD's got a competitive product, but. They haven't yet dethroned the king. Now, I did talk a little bit more about the, some of the things they talked about with, with their 10 nanometer process. 10 nanometer so far is essentially broken. Uh, you know, Charlie, Demersion, and, and others have, have talked about this pretty much ad nauseum. It just doesn't work. And so they pulled people off their 7 nanometer process work, and they're trying to fix 10 nanometer. And in this uh, conference call, they talked about second half to 2019, they'll actually introduce 10 nanometer parts. By holiday season, there will be products on the shelf using 10 nanometer. And mm-hmm. that's that's hopeful. And what this does, because AMD is already sh- sampling 7 nanometer Rome parts, and mm-hmm. we expect them to introduce seven nanometer desktop and mobile parts in the first half of 2019. They have anywhere from, you know, a a nine month to 12 month window where can you hear that? We can. Yeah. Children. I can't take them anywhere. Anyway, they've got, no, they always find their way back. Yep. They do. They do. It's like, uh, you know, I, I sweep for breadcrumbs, but obviously I'm missing some. But anyhow, uh, no, they, they AMD has a significant window of opportunity to take up much more market share and to sell a lot more products and to be able to maximize their earning potential uh, due to Intel's manufacturing issues. And we're not going to see Intel 7 nanometer in 2019. We're not going to see it in 2020. It may be a 2021 part. Now, Take this all with a grain of salt because what TSMC calls 7 nanometer is closer to what Intel has with their current 10 nanometer and what they're hoping to be their, their you know, improved 10 nanometer next year. So it's going to be an interesting time. And I think AMD is actually going to take some market share and they're going to have some you know, 1.8 billion and above revenue. And especially if they start getting into the data center, like they're hoping to with their Rome processor, which is a seven nanometer, it's going to be very dense. Mm -hmm. It's going to be much more power efficient. And, and, you know, overall performance and IPC is going to be about the same, Uh, you know, their density and, and the amount that they pay per die is going to be more efficient than, than what Intel is able to offer with their 14 nanometer plus, plus plus or plus 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 that they're they're hoping to introduce um you know design is still important and intel has an advantage there just the 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 amount of ip that they got the amount of r&d the amount of people actually working on this stuff but you know physics can only go so far and you know somebody's got a a better process technology they can do more things and plus we've got zem2 coming out next year uh, it's it's going to be looking like a, a really solid, uh, nice growth year for AMD, and it's going to come from the unhappiness of of Intel. 
that they're going to lose some share just because, you know, unless they're Ice Lake and, and some of the other Xeon stuff can really compete with what AMD has to offer, uh, they're, they're just going to lose out. People will buy elsewhere because it's a better value for what you know AMD has to offer. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, uh, 2018, throughout 2018, Intel is, is going to have record quarters. Q3, Q4, record. But come Q1, Q2, I think we're going to start seeing some cracks appear. And if they don't get their 10 nanometer process down pat, uh, then the pain is going to last a little bit longer than the second half of 2019. So, Josh, I got a question for you. you, you t- okay. You, you were touching on how Intel's 10 or Intel's 14 plus 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 is equivalent to TMSC's 12. Or is there any way we can take, you know, well, we're launching on 7, we're launching on 10, 10's delay, now we're on 12 plus. Is there any way to put all this stuff on a level playing field and say, this is Apple's, this is Apple's? This is apples and compare it straight across the board so we know we're talking about the same thing. Because if we have seven shipping and 14 shipping, you know? Yeah, no, it's it, the, the confusion is there because it's all marketing terms. Uh, if you actually dug into process technology, you would understand how incredibly complex it is. It's not an easy fix to, to do. I mean, we're talking materials we're, we're talking litho we're, we're talking you know self-aligned quad patterning type stuff i mean it's just it's it's incredibly complex it's almost like alchemy uh you know add a little bit of this here this there and suddenly something works and we have no idea why that's 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 kind of process technology and and eventually they study it enough and they're like okay well it's because this interacts with this in this way but it doesn't always work that way. And so, you know, Intel had a roadmap. It's like, well, we want to integrate this. We want to integrate, you know, gallium oxide. And we want to do uh, cobalt instead of copper in the last two, you know, metal layers because it 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 has, you know, different physical effects. And, and we should, in theory, see better yields from this because there's not going to be any electromigration and blah, blah, blah. And, and suddenly you put all these things together that sound great and it just doesn't work and you really wish it did and and in theory you're looking at all the 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 data around you it's like it should work but it doesn't because nature is never i mean it's a harsh mattress Mm -hmm. it's it's physics is is a bear especially when you're getting into these such small dimensions Uh, strange things you're you're talking 10 millimeters 10 nanometer litho is what like 30 atoms wide on the traces well i mean okay if you're if you're talking 10 nanometer i mean 10 nanometer yeah but but it's it's of course larger than that Mm -hmm. with with a lot of the stuff and so it's you know again it's is there's marketing involved and the dimensions i mean there are some that that kind of coincide with 10 man nanometer it's 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 goofy, but yeah, I mean we're not quite the you know uh, things are thirty atoms wide, but we're getting damn close. Uh, but you know you're dealing with so many layers, you know so many different oxides, and you're worrying about doping of of materials, and it just 
it's so complex. And I mean, it takes billions of dollars and it takes thousands of engineers and it just takes millions of man hours to get these things going. I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not simple. I wish that, that we could all kind of understand. It's like, this is, this is PFM. This is pure freaking magic that these things even come out and work. Um, well, I mean, we, yeah, we it's, tricked rocks into doing math. This is all magic. It, yeah. It, it really is. You, you made sand and it can, it can make 3d worlds. I mean, it's just, it's, it's magical. It really is. But, uh, you know, Intel's got some stumbling blocks in front of them and they've got a lot of issues, but you know, it's a big company. Uh, they have experienced, problems before and i think this is going to be a speed bump for them and it's going to be interesting to see if amd can kind of keep up the uh keep up the steam and uh, keep their pedal on the, the the foot on the pedal and uh you know make themselves you know a 20 to 25 percent market shareholder that would be awesome for amd and as it is i mean intel owns like essentially 90 percent of the market overall so, uh, you know, this next year is going to be interesting to see what AMD is able to do. I mean, they're going to get their 14 nanometer or 12 nanometer Epic, whichever one they're, they're using for that, and see if they can get some, you know, I think they, they're expecting single digit percentage, um, you know, takeaway of, of, of market share just with Epic. And so Q3 and Q4 are going to be very interesting to watch from AMD. And Q1 of next year is is going to be extremely fascinating, especially if they can get out by the end of this year, seven nanometer epic. And uh, I think Q2 is probably going to be when we expect seven nanometer Ryzen 2. I mean, not Ryzen 2000 series, but the true Zen 2 architecture. All right. Have I talked enough? Because I felt like I talked enough. <laughs> Uh, you talked enough to wrap up the news. Ah, shaving cream. So there you go. Uh, I guess that uh, leaves us with uh, picks of the week. It does. So uh, I guess I'll take Ryan's spot. And uh, so a few months ago, uh, there was an announcement of a DLC to Star Trek Bridge Crew, which if you've messed with any of the VR stuff, is basically just a VR version of Star Trek where you actually like, you know, you're on the bridge of various starships in the uh in the star trek universe uh and they recently announced uh, hey we're gonna make a gen next generation one which i thought might be pretty cool uh since that's you know one of the more one of the relatively more recent look at the l cars um yeah there's l cars and stuff um uh, how much is the green alien lady download yeah i don't know i think that's in the original uh series bridge oh obviously yeah. Um, so that came out, I think, last week. The DLC came out. Um, and people have been playing it. I actually need to sit down with it again, mess around with it, because it looked pretty pretty darn cool. Uh, so I need to check that out. It, it does cost money. It's like 15 What's the bucks. original game cost these days? I don't know what it is now. I think it was like 50 bucks when I got it. It can't be that expensive anymore. Uh, don't be surprised. Steampower.com. Uh -huh. Let's see. Uh -huh. Star Can Trek. Look that up? I'll probably only turn back one. It's 40 bucks. That's oh, 40 Plus now. Plus the 15 buck DLC. Yeah. 
Actually, there's a bundle for 50. So, you know, yeah, there's yeah. that at least. Yeah, they'll weasel the f- extra 15 bucks out of me. But with the Star Trek brand being weaseled for money? What? Yeah, I know, right? In recent years. <laughs> uh, next up, Jeremy. Well, I mean, wait for the sale. But I had to do this because I can actually pull a Josh. He has one. I like big put the camera back to Yes. This cooler is nice. great. Nice. It's within arm's reach. We have a lot of it those is. in the office. Well, we have this uh, one specifically. Is this yes. the Threadripper mm-hmm. edition, though? Oh. We put that in yes. our server. Yeah, this is a U14S. Uh, so for those of you who, I mean, maybe my head isn't necessarily a good measuring. Uh, this is the size of the box. <laughs> Dude, you actually got it. That's true. Oh, yeah. You got the Threadripper. Yeah, I'm slowly picking stuff up. Everything I've bought, except for this bastard, has been 40% off or so. Apparently, this never goes on sale except down to its MSRP of 79 bucks. So, yeah, I decided to pick it up because, I mean, the Corsair stuff looks interesting, but now I'm adding pump noise and, you know, the fact of a horrible failure. And, frankly, I just like air coolers. It's 165 mil clearance. So you're going to want to shop around for a good uh, case. Yep. It's not going to fit in the vast majority of cases that you want. I just picked up a, a giant Roseville case that can actually fit two PSUs in it. Because <laughs> why not? Why not? It's the first non-NZXT case I've bought in, in years. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've apparently got to pick up the second fan. And I hope I'm not making Maury jealous that my cooler might be a bit bigger than his is. At least the cold plate. Uh, well, the cold plate's definitely bigger. <laughs> the mating surface is uh, something else. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. All right. Next up. Josh with the cold pick. Me? Uh, I don't even know what I picked anymore. I don't know what you picked anymore. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Ooh. So, you know what? We talked earlier. I'm surprised. About, this is uh, your pick. In my misspent youth <laughs> that I bought one of those 101 type uh, electrical kits from Radio Shack and we made like buzzers and flashing lights and other you know you get a whole booklet of stuff that that you can make out of this you know kind of pre-done circuit board and power supply and and you got a hundred different wires and you change it to resistors and caps and whatever and you can do you know all kinds of projects well this is seemingly the next generation of this uh, it's the super starter kit for Arduino. You get the Arduino board. You get the uh, the breadboard. You get all kinds of resistors. Kids these days and... get the best toys. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I'll mean, tell you, you what, dude, that, that price is way cheaper than that 101 uh, yeah, kit Yeah, was. I mean, 30, 35 bucks is nothing yeah. for this. Yeah, And, and it's you can got, do all kinds of fun things. Yeah, it's got the, the base. It's got a couple shields. Looks like it's got a, a oh, range sensor. sensors. I, I mean, hell, that Arduino's probably got as much brains on it as most of the old Titan missions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Never so, need I mean, more than eight bits. That's really cool. Relay. Yeah, it sensor. is. Yeah. Hmm. Motor. Multiple breadboards. 35 bucks. Shit. That's you get a little bit of You get a lot of stuff. And you get a manual and figure out how to build stuff. And you they can throw a freaking servo in there. And from the looks of it, the case it comes in can actually be used as a 
a build thing. Yeah, you could probably do that. Yeah. Yeah. You can Dremel anything. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's that's cool. Yeah. I mean, Neat. for 35 bucks. Thanks, China. Nothing. Oh, yeah. All right. Good call, Josh. Yeah. Thanks. I might have to... I have to add that to my cart, <laughs> except not on this laptop. <laughs> um, no, that's my account. Yeah. Oh, okay. Add to cart. <laughs> add it on Ken's <laughs> Lenovo. Uh, next up, Ken. So there's this company called HD Fury, and they've been around for like 10 years at this point. And what they do is they break HDCP, which is helpful. <laughs> uh, Legally? No, not legally. Uh, I've looked at their stuff a couple of times over the years for different, you know, like streaming capture stuff we've needed to do. And they're always pretty expensive. And, it, you know, you could find alternative methods, we'll say, like the one monoprice HDMI to DVI adapter we have that seemingly ignores HDCP. So there are always other ways you could do it. But they've really come a long way with stuff like this. This is the Vertex 4K60. And what this is, is essentially a magic box that allows you to do whatever you want to an HDMI stream. So you plug your input into one end and output to another, right? It has actually two inputs and two outputs you can use simultaneously, all at 4K 60 hertz. So it's got an FPGA in there with a lot of bandwidth. And you can, you can upscale anything. You can downscale anything to anything. You can set whatever EDID you want. You can clone EDIDs off of other devices. You, you can inject HDR metadata. Jesus. So, huh. Like, one of the things I bought it for is we have the uh, Leo Bodnar HDMI input latency tester, which is great, but it only goes up to 1080p. It's HDMI 1.4. It only goes to 1080p. Yep. He isn't really planning on building another one. However, with this, you can test 4K60 HDR latency because this doesn't really add any latency. Yeah. It might have, how, like, how, an extra scan line worth of latency yeah. or something, not, like, a whole frame. So how how much does this monstrosity cost? It costs three fifty from them. Uh, Monoprice is also a retailer of it, and I put the link in the show notes as a second link. They have open box for I think it's two hundred every once in a while. And when I just like I happened to find this and kind of Google around for it, they had one in stock. So I bought an open box for two hundred. You can put your email wow. address in there, get notified. The Windows software is actually pretty good for something like this. Like, it's well laid out. You get all the options. Uh, hmm. They say they'll be able to support HDMI 2.1 and all the features through a firmware update, so VRR. Uh, I have not been able to pass FreeSync free through it. That's one, one of the things we're kind of trying to do. Uh, but in theory, it should support the actual HDMI 2.1 VRR standard. It's so just, it sounds like they've, they've built some capability into that in terms of just raw processing yeah. performance <laughs> yeah. that is yet untapped. Yeah. Again, this isn't yeah, they, something they, they a lot built of people some stuff need. into it to ignore all the crap that's yeah. been overlaid on right. top of the signal. Yeah, this isn't something a lot of people need. This is actually like their highest end product. They have other products that can like, let's say you have a receiver that only supports HDCP 1.4, and you have a Blu-ray player that only supports HDCP 2.2. This will magically convert between HDCP protocols, and just let it work. So, a lot of stuff terms. like that. Like if you have older equipment that has limitations with bandwidth or something like that, and you need to do something like this box can help you. It's got a really nice OLED display on it. It's like, it's remarkably well built. Yeah. It's just like a high quality device that can I mean, you throw it through a window and it'll survive. I think so. Maybe this company has cool. been you sued should, plenty should. of times and somehow is still around. So I don't know. 
But they are like the masters of all this manipulation, HTPC breaking stuff. They've been around forever. Yeah. So it's PFM, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, this would be awesome. like totally illegal in Canada. I might be totally illegal here. No, it's totally legal up here. Oh, oh. Well, we don't have no. Uh, what do you guys call that insane thing down there? DMCA. Yeah, uh, that's the one. What? How could you not have a DMCA? Actually, so in 2016, uh, they won against Warner Brothers in a lawsuit. <laughs> so not just like settled or dismissed, but won. Uh, it seems so. Holy crap. <laughs> Curious to know like, what they actually won there. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, the, so Warner Brothers dropped their, their lawsuit. Sweet. <laughs> Probably because they were about to set a nasty precedent. Yeah. That so, would not have been good for know, the I industry. don't understand how it's not infringing upon something, but, you know. It's, uh, it's hard to prove if you can't figure out how they're doing it. <laughs> it's it's the, the right to convert. Well, that's specifically what that thing's doing is converting formats. It's format oh, it's, shifting. It's black box in there, baby. Yeah. So, they have no so, clue. There's a, it's an FPG and a microcontroller because when you update right. the firmware, you flash both. So yeah, like it's just a fucking FPG. Like you can't prove a whole lot necessarily. Like. Well, but not just that. I'm just saying like it's, uh, you know, it's, it's legitimately, it's format shifting. Yeah. Format shifting is like the essence of, yeah, like, you know, whole ways around DMCA is like, yeah. look, I'm trying to shift it onto this other device. Like, what are you going to do? Wait, wait. So I'd be arrested for shifting it from like PAL to NTSC? No, no, no. That's what makes that's format shifting. That's, is, so how is, is that is different legal. from? Yeah, format shifting is the workaround. It's the legal yeah. workaround. Yeah, it's, it's when you get rid of that copy bit. Well, yeah. You're trying to format shift to get it to a device that yeah. may not be able to have that, like, may not be able to handle that. Well, then you get into the whole. Why how did, how did they reverse thing. engineer that? Well, I don't know. Sort of thing. But yeah. It's cool. It's black box. Black box, man. Right. Yeah. It's a helpful thing for us to have around. People won't generally need it unless they have a specific application, like having an old receiver they don't get rid of, and they just like need to pass one device through. Yep. It's expensive, but it could be cheaper than a new receiver. Look at the open box one. 200 bucks is actually a pretty good deal for this. 350s. I probably wouldn't buy it for 350 unless I really had a project I needed it for. But yep. Hey, I like my ancient Kenwood box. Exactly. <laughs> it's back before they actually started to suck and make car stereos and everything. <laughs> it's decent. All right. Uh, I guess that wraps it up. Uh, PCPro.com slash podcasts, where you'll find the show notes with all the links to all the stuff we just talked about. Um, and uh, I mean, I guess that's it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. And with that, I say good night, and hopefully Ryan will be here next week. I'm not even going to say I hopefully. No. Okay. Uh, it's going to be a Nassau. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Thanks to RX Bar for supporting the PC Perspective podcast. RX Bar is a whole food protein bar with no BS. Get 25% off your first order at rxbar.com slash pcper and use the promo code pcper. That's rxbar.com slash pcper, promo code pcper.